Hello, dear friends, and welcome to our Sunday celebration. As some of you guys may know, I am sort of a student of cosmic weather, the times and seasons, years and cycles that play themselves out both in our lives personally, in our lives collectively, and are seen through nature and the starry world. What I want to say is all signs this week portend to some very powerful things. And what I want to say to each and every one of you is we are beginning to move from the disorder that we have been in all year to the reorder that is starting to happen. So I want to assure each of you, you're going to be all right. We're going to make it through this. In fact, what I even offer for your consideration is that at some point you may look back on this year and find that there are things that you're grateful for. Perhaps you're grateful that you're not having to make a commute. Perhaps you're grateful that the world seems to have slowed down just a bit, giving you more time with your loved ones, with our families, to be able to cook and not eat out as much. And it's not to diminish the suffering that is absolutely going on because it is true. And it's not to pretend that there haven't been major inconveniences for all of us because they have. But if you think about it now, are there things that you can look back on this time and say, for this, I am grateful. And you know, it's an important skill to learn. Something that Seth Godin says is this, is he says, attitude is a skill. We sometimes think we live at the effect of things, that what's going on on the outside determines the attitude that we hold. But you know, it's something that we cultivate it's something that we train. And so an attitude of gratefulness is a skill that we hone, develop, and practice like every other skill. I often like to think of gratefulness as sort of cleaning the windshield of our car. Have you ever noticed sometimes where maybe you've, you've ignored your uh, your, your windshield or your car for a while because it's been raining, it's been muddy or whatever the case may be. And then one day you clean your windshield and it's like, oh, that makes all the difference. Look how clear everything is. And by the way, a good spiritual practice is to clean your windshield often. You know, again, the external and the internal are one and the same. Emma Curtis Hopkins, who's one of the teachers of our, of our denomination, used to say, even after the rain or the storm has passed, we still must clean the windows. We still must look at our perspective. We still must develop and hone the skill, the attitude of gratefulness. And, um, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about today is how uh, that the entire spiritual path can basically come down to two things, self-awareness and doing good for others. Those two things, to, to have a level 
of self-awareness, of self-awakening, and to realize that we live in a world that is bigger than ourselves. Something that um, Brian McLaren says is he says, we, we have a tendency to be blind to the very things that blind us. And self-awareness is the practice of becoming aware of those internal biases, the sort of the dust or the crud on the windshield or the lens by which we look out into the world. And you know, there has been so much research done on the human mind and the understanding of how things go all the way back to the early survival skills that we developed perhaps on the savannas of Africa or the steppes of Europe. But, but what we do know that is true for you and I are things known as confirmation biases. And let me offer a couple of those. One is we prefer a lie that makes us comfortable to a truth that makes us uncomfortable. We also prefer a lie that makes us happy as opposed to a truth that draws some other emotion to it. Now, like I've said before, these are, these are survival skills and they, they, they work. They're good things to have, but we should be aware of when they're operating in our world inside and how we see the world outside, our, our biases. And so the art of self-awareness is being aware of the biases that we hold and how those biases hold us back from living our life to the full experience of who we've been created to be and holding us back from the opportunity to give and receive love. And so, you know, something that um, I love that St. Paul says in his letter to the Thessalonians, and uh, they were a community that was experiencing a lot of strife and a lot of things, and it's a beautiful letter, but toward the end of the letter, he has this line that I absolutely think is a great mantra for all of us to practice. He says this, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks for all circumstances. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. And so I, I don't think that this is the, the practice of denial or being servile or, or you know, uh, not allowing ourselves to be honest with ourselves, but it's skills that we develop. To rejoice always is to hold an attitude of expansion, to be able to look at the world as an incredible gift and an opportunity as opposed to a drudgery or something that's been going on. And you know, and that's the thing, you know, think about this time that we've gone through. Have you been able to find moments of joy? Perhaps the closeness of, of who you've been with or slowing down enough to appreciate nature. The other thing is to, to pray continually. And, and I think about that, you know, I don't think it's like beating our breasts or rolling our beads or any of those things, but but as Emerson says, prayer is the contemplation of the facts of life from the highest point of view. 
And he also says in one of his writings is, every thought is a prayer and every prayer is answered. And so we are creating the genesis of everything is a thought. That thought is a prayer. It's taking place in our mind and it's a skill to practice that, to reflect. And you know, it may look like saying, you know, I'm not gonna dwell on the past, but only look in gratefulness. I'm not going to worry about the future, but think only in possibility. And I'm not gonna withdraw or withhold in the present, but to practice openness and curiosity and a willingness for novelty in our life. And you know, that this is, this is high mysticism. This is deep, deep mental science. This is the very essence of what it means to develop a spiritual life. And I think what it does is it gives us a sense of meaning. You know, something that um, I, I'm a, a follower of this guy by the name of, of Donald Miller, and I heard him lecturing, and he was talking about Viktor Frankl, and I remember Viktor Frankl from college, right? Remember, man's search for meaning? But he talks about something, you know, Viktor Frankl was a psychiatrist um, who, or psychologist who uh, lived through the Holocaust. Uh, he was also a contemporary of Sigmund Freud. And something that Sigmund Freud said, you know, Sigmund Freud says is that what motivates us, what gets us up and out of bed in the morning is our desire for pleasure. But, but Frankl contests that. He says, no, what gets us up, what gets us going is not so much the search for pleasure, but to search for meaning. That as human beings, you and I have this deep yearning, this echo in our soul that wants to find meaning. You know, Viktor Frankl uh, was working in a, uh, uh, in, a, in a hospital in Germany after the war, and there was a, there was a high suicide rate, uh, especially among teenagers, because there was, you know, between the First and the Second uh, World War, Europe was just defeated in so many ways, and there was this deep existential finding or yearning for meaning. And, and Frankl developed three skills that give us a sense of meaning. And I wanna offer them to you today. And the first skill is this. It's to do something, to create something, to commit yourself to bring something in the world. Maybe that's being a good parent. Maybe that's building a garden. You know, for each of us, each of us, this is our vocation, right? This is our call. And it's something that we, we find that we, we enjoy, that we love. It's, it's to create something. And the second skill is this, is what he calls to find a level of redemption or good in the suffering. So let me give an example, you know, we've all been on lockdown. We're heading towards another lockdown, it seems. And so our worlds become very small. Yes, this is a sacrifice, but there's good that comes from this. We can slow down. The earth has a chance to sort of catch its breath. We have a sense 
to catch our breath. We can slow down. You know, another one is this is, you know, there's um, perhaps we want to get into a, a, a more healthy lifestyle. And it means letting go of things like sugar. Yeah, it's suffering. But there's a good that comes out of that suffering. So think of yourself right now, you know, things that you're sort of struggling with. Is there a good that comes from these? And finally, the third is this, is to be in community, to be with people that see you, love you, support you. They see you, they celebrate you, they serve you and allow you to give the same thing. And that when we practice these three things, we find meaning in our life. You know, Kurt, uh, at the very beginning of our celebration, gave this amazing reading from Thomas Merton. And he and I share this deep love of this great American mystic and prophet and this prolific writer. Uh, and he talks about how gratitude creates the space for newness in our life. Because when we are grateful, it clears the lens so that we can see differently. When we create and practice gratefulness, then we engage in something and we realize how precious life is and that there is a giver of the gift of life. And we want to give back. We want to do. We also realize in the practice of gratefulness that even, even when we're uncomfortable, even when we suffer, even when we look at things, there's a good that can come from this. Self-reflection is not easy work. It's tough, but there's something that's great that comes from that. And then being in community. What a great experience to give and receive love. So as our practice today, I'm going to invite you to look at these three things. What can you create? What are you giving to the world? How can you find good in the sacrifice or the suffering that you may experience? And who is your community? And, and how are you contributing to that community? And again, let us reflect on the words of Thomas Merton. And, you know, and I thought about editing it and making it gender uh, neutral, but let's just listen to how he says it. And we can edit it within our own mind. To be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything he has given us. And he has given us everything. Every breath we draw is a gift of his love. Every moment of existence is a grace, for it brings with it immense graces from him. Gratitude, therefore, takes nothing for granted, is never unresponsive, is constantly awakening to new wonder and to praise of the goodness of God. For the grateful person knows that God is good, not by hearsay, but by experience. And that is what makes all the difference. And so, we give thanks. We recognize this living presence of God. And that within the very essence of who we are 
is this deep yearning, this desire to create and to do. It is the very echo in our soul. And we say yes to this. We recognize that good can come from all things. And we may be feeling pain. We may be feeling loss. But we know that there is good that is going to emerge. And for this, we are deeply grateful. And in this gratitude, we recognize that we are not alone, that we are in a place where we may give and receive love. And so it is. So thank you again for tuning in. You know, we're, we're growing. And that's important because you may have heard that San Diego County, which includes Fallbrook, has now moved back to the purple tier. So things are shutting down. This Sunday and the following Sunday will be, weather permitting, the last of our live services. And we're going strictly into virtual. And what that means is that we're, we're working really hard to create content, to create joy, to create beauty in this virtual community. And now more than ever, it is important that we hold this fellowship together, that we support you with the spiritual tools to help you, that we are a community that sees you, serves you, and celebrates you and that we can depend on you for the support that allows us to create and do. We are all in this together. And so thank you, thank you for your continual and generous support. And again, to those whom you love and those whom you receive love from, I wish you and all the practitioners and the board and the members of this community, we all wish you many, many, many blessings.